Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits with your co-hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. We are so excited to be here with you guys today. We wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in for another week and another fantastic and probably note-inducing episode. We want you to grab some paper and pen. I think this is probably going to be one of those where you're like, oh, I actually want to take some notes. Uh, So we encourage you to do that. Of course, we also encourage you to share this episode. If if it gives you great value, share it with some friends, other maybe people who are kind of flirting with the idea of becoming financial coaches and they're not quite sure where to start. This entire last year and a half of episodes has been a really great, almost like a how-to book, I think, of how to get your Mm -hmm your um, financial coach to practice up and running. And so we do encourage you to do that. And of course, as always, if you like what you're hearing, please do leave us a rating and a review so that we know that and other people will get to find that out as well. All right. All of that stuff off the table. Cody, how are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks good. for asking. You yeah. are quite welcome. Yeah. this will. I think this is going to be a fun episode. We're actually going to talk about money. You know, um, it's so seldom that we get to talk about money on the Financial Coaches Podcast. <laughs> That's weird. Obviously, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but I think so often, really, we get so into the financial world of what our clients are doing that sometimes we honestly just forget about keeping our own books in order. And so that's what we want to talk about today is how do you structure your business? Uh, My goodness, I'm trying to say mostly and mainly at the same time and it's coming up mostly. Um, Mostly through uh, the way that you actually have your business money structured. How do you be intentional with the money that's coming in? I don't know about you, Cody, but I know the, for myself personally, um, I, I did a lot of like transferring the way that I did things in my personal books to the way that I do things in my financial world, uh, excuse me, in my financial coaching business. But one of the things that I noticed was different is that I wasn't finding a way to like pay myself consistently because the income mm-hmm. wasn't consistent over there. And so that kind of left it a little bit odd for me. Um, I had to kind of create my own little thing. And then one day I found this book called Profit First. And it was it did a really nice job of kind of bridging the gaps between what I knew intuitively I needed to do and what I was actually doing. So with your permission, I think we'll probably talk a little bit about that today. Uh, but not not like to a T because I know I don't do everything that this book suggests. And if I remember yeah. correctly, neither do you. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I actually have it for those of you watching on YouTube. It's right oh, above my awesome. head. So boom, there it is. Uh, profit first. Uh, yes, it's a great, great book. Great philosophy on just how to handle business finances and whatnot. Uh, do I personally follow it to a T? No, uh, because for my specific business, it doesn't have to get that involved, you yeah. know. Uh, but do I use it as a framework and do what works for me? Yeah, absolutely. And ever since I kind of started doing that, uh, it's been a lot been a lot simpler 
Yeah, I agree. And I love the way you put that. I think it was very well stated. We use it as a, as a framework and then we kind of do what's going to work well for our own businesses. So for those of you who are listening today, we encourage you to do the exact same thing. Take what you hear today and go, oh yeah, I really like that. I really like this. Mm, I'm not so sure this particular piece would work in my business. And we encourage you to tweak it so that it does work well for you. Because like anything, you guys, if you don't use it, it's not going to do any good for you. So make mm-hmm. sure that that it is something that you will actually use. Now, before we get into some of the minutia of how he sets things up and that kind of thing, I'm going to ask you, Cody, what do you think is the number one thing that we, if you could only give our listeners one piece of advice that had to do with their money, their personal money and their business money, what would that one piece of advice be? To separate the two? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. When a lot of times, um, like when Mike and Nino and I knew money habits, when we are asked to speak at our library events, they'll say, you know, Hey, we want to have you come in and just do a quick little thing with the businesses. And when we go in there, if we have 30 seconds, that's exactly what we say. <laughs> like if you hear nothing else from us today, please, 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 please separate your personal finances from your business finances. Mm-hmm. Why is that so stinking important? Uh, well, first and foremost, it just creates more clarity for you. Okay. Um, and it's not so messy, you mm-hmm. know, uh, but also it protects you as well. Yes. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you have like a, an LLC, you know, like you want to make sure that like things are separated from your personal and so that nothing weird happens from there. Um, and, uh, you know, also because like, you want to you want to be able to eventually get the business to a place to where it's not reliant on your personal income. Instead, mm-hmm. you know the business is just a self operating kind of machine uh, mm-hmm. that you can then pull from to you know live your own lifestyle. Uh, but if it's if the two are kind of mixed in together, it'll get very messy and very sticky to get to that point. So just keeping them separate from the get-go is like a really good idea, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So simplicity and protection are the two biggest reasons to keep them separate. Um, I totally agree with you about, you know, how the business could actually eat up your personal finances. If you have no idea of which, what money is going to which one, it's very, very easy to dip into your personal money and that, you know, for a good cause to try to get your business up and running. And it may be a really solid investment, but it's not intentional at that point. It's not kept separate. So I don't know about you, but when I have clients who say, well, okay, well, I actually do want to invest uh, some of my personal money into my business. How do I do that? I actually have them decide what amount of money they would like to invest into their business and immediately separate that from their personal checking account or savings account and deposit that as an investment into their business checking account so that they can still utilize it, but they're not going back and forth. And it's it's not like they can always just go back to the well when this one dries up. They actually go, okay, once this money is gone, that's the only investment I'm going to make in this. And so I need to make sure that I'm making more money, that the business is making more money so that I don't have to continue to draw from our personal account. Do you do anything differently than that with individuals? No, no, that's, okay. that's exactly the way I would say to go about it. Um, Cause you want it again, it just come, it goes back to, you just want it to be clean. Yeah. You want it to be clean yeah. and clear, you know? So 
Yeah, that's exactly what I would say to do. Perfect. So we're not telling you that you can't invest your personal money into your business when we say keep them separate. What we're saying is keep the books physically separate from each other, make decided choices on what you're going to do with the money from your personal one, do one lump sum, you know, investment, and then you work from there. So that's our suggestion on that one. Mm -hmm. Okay. So once you've kept them separate, once you have, you say, okay, in your mind, I'm going to keep my stuff separate from over here. What about checking accounts? I know that a lot of times people are like, well, you know, do I really want a business checking account? Is it necessary? What about all the fees, that kind of thing? Where do you land on that? I personally think it's a great idea to get a business checking account um, and probably several of them. Uh, and there's a lot of different banks out there that don't have fees. You know, like for my, for example, my bank and my bank is like a mid tier bank, you know, so I don't know, they may be in your area or not, but I use a bank called Citizens Bank. And uh, as far as the business accounts go in there, there are no fees at all. Okay. Like no fees for anything whatsoever, ever kind of And no minimum balances or anything like that? No minimum balance, no nothing. Nice. You know, so it's, it's a great setup. Um, So I have... uh, you know, I think I have, uh, let me think here. Um, I have, uh, personally, I have three business accounts and then I have my personal accounts as well. Okay. And are all three of those business accounts at the citizens bank? Yes. Okay. So you don't Mm -hmm. have to have them at separate banks necessarily. You just, you have them there. Okay. Um, so you found a bank that allows you to have no fees or whatever. I also found a bank that did that. Mine's a little bit different. Just in the sense that this particular bank is zero fees as long as you don't go into the branch, which is kind of funny. Um, But I mean, I can do everything that I need to do without going into the branch. And between you and I, the branch is like a good 40 minutes away. So I have zero intention to go there anyway. Um, But so that was one of those like loopholes. I'm like, okay, that actually fits with what my intention is anyway. Uh, But I do encourage everyone who's listening, find something that allows you to have a business account without all the fees. And I think, and I'm not going to speak with authority on this, but I do believe that the business account really just means that it's attached to your EIN versus attached to your social security number. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you have not yet created an EIN, we do encourage you to do that. That basically means you you know structure your business and then you have this EIN and then you can go get the account. But if you don't have that, Maybe you just start out with a personal checking account that is separate from your regular banking personal checking account Mm -hmm. so that you don't wait in order to get this separated. You do want the money separated. So if that's all you're waiting on, you guys, to make sure that you have like an EIN or whatever, go ahead and just open a free checking account somewhere else that is separate and then put all your business money in there. And at least the books will be clean. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now... Let's get into a little bit about um, like just the profit first and how it structures and and whatever so that we can understand why it's important to even look at the idea of banking accounts. When we, I don't know. Okay. So for myself, in my personal budgeting, I have really gone away from just specific zero-based budgeting when it comes to dollar amounts. And I start with a framework of percentages. And the reason that I do that is because it makes it a lot easier for the unknowns. And you know, if there's unknown ups that are coming and unknown downs that are coming in our income. So obviously there are some things that we need to have dollar amounts for, but I like to use a framework of percentages first. 
So when I read Profit First, I was thrilled to see that he also uses percentages. Now, with I think with the business account, it actually makes sense to do percentages because it really is a it, it's not a predictable income usually. You know, mm-hmm. unless you're you're up and running and you've got your stuff all in order, there could be months that you're making $10,000 and months that you're making $1,000. And so if you're setting up a, a budget per se where it's like, well, every month I need this amount for OPEX and you don't have your $10,000 month, you're not going to be able to actually meet that. So they he starts with percentages and um First, I'll ask you, before I go into any of the actual percentages, I want to ask, how did that sit with you, Cody? Do you like percentages or are you more used to like dollar amounts and it was a new thing for you? Uh, So in my personal side of things, I'm a fan of like the dollar amounts. Okay. It's just how I've always operated and I find a lot of success through that. Mm -hmm. But with my business, it's definitely, it's almost like a hybrid to where like I, I do percentages for certain areas and then uh, for other areas, it'll be more so like just a dollar amount kind of thing. Okay. Um, so there's definitely some blending and that's mm-hmm. where, that's where it kind of goes into play where it's like, Hey, like use the framework, but tweak it to what works for you, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. So um, and we'll get into the actual percentages for you guys in just a second, but just kind of building on what Cody just said, when it comes to paying myself, for example, I actually do a percentage of the amount that's coming in that I put aside for having almost like the, um, the pay to myself bank, if you will. But I have a specific dollar amount that I'm willing to pay myself every week or every two weeks or every month. And when I do that, so sometimes the amount that comes in is much higher than what I'm wanting to pay myself. So I let it sit in the bank so that if I have those months that are $10,000 months and I had just, you know, am able to bank that up, but I'm not going to spend all that yet. Then when I have the months that are $1,000 months, the leftover or residual from the $10,000 month, those are, that's still in there. So it is in that's, that way, kind of we, a hybrid. That's where, we, uh, that's where we're different. That we're, we're different in a lot of ways, yeah. <laughs> but I would love for you to share what you do differently so that you can, our, our listeners can hear that and kind of figure out which one they kind of gravitate more towards. Yeah. So there's, there's certain areas uh, within my business finances that I do percentages no matter what, and we'll get into that. Um, but as far as paying myself goes, um, I, I don't do the, the whole thing of like, well, you know, let's call it 50% kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And if I mm-hmm. have something to where it goes above that, then I let it sit in the bank in mm-hmm. case there's a, a lighter month. I personally don't do that. And I felt the, I have felt the, uh, the other side of the sword from that a few mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reason that I don't do that is because I personally have found that I operate the best when I have, when I put pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I have a month that is really, really good, then cool. I'll bring that home. As long as my other percentages and my other areas are, are met, I'll bring it home. And if that means that the next month is going to be lighter, then okay, I got to do something about that, you know? So that's just how I operate. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, I have felt the, double-edged sword of that before right. a few times, even recently. 
I felt that. And uh, it's not fun when that happens, but it's really fun when you feel the other side of it yeah. and you have a really big month. Yeah. You know? And the way that you operate, I think that that is so important for people to hear. The way you operate is that when you're hungry, you go and you find meat, right? So. Right. So if, if you are the type of person who, when you're super hungry, it actually distracts you and you can't work anymore, don't do what Cody just said. No. If your peace of mind comes from knowing that there's a little bit of a stash there that you and your family can eat, if you don't get another client in the next two, three months, then maybe operate a little bit more on the side of to do the percentages and then take what you want, you know, um, but keep it steady. If you're operating more like, hey, hunger is what drives me. And by the way, you guys, I can tell you this is absolutely true with Cody. Hunger is what drives him. Um, so, so yeah, if you operate more like that, by all means, take what you get every time. And, but you know what? I, I was actually thinking, Cody, when you were saying that on one hand, you said you take it. But on the other hand, you said that in your budget, you on your personal side, you typically use flat numbers. So if you're not counting on that money every single month, then chances are you'll end up with some leftover in your personal life, yep. right? So you're yep. not, what you're not doing, and I do want people to hear this, is you're not saying, well, I had this really solid month, and now I'm going to create my futuristic budgets on that amount, <laughs> because you're no. not anticipating well, yeah, in, in my, that you get that every month. In my personal finances, I'm very conservative, uh, yes. very conservative to the point to where I budget my personal finances, basically using the the stance of like, hey, if I have a slower month, mm -hmm. that's what I'm working off of. Yeah. So that okay. if I have like a what I would call a normal month, then mm -hmm. it's then I'll bring in income that's slightly above what I'm budgeting for, um, which then just goes into where I want it to go to. Kind yes. Of thing. Um, yes. And if I have a really good month, then awesome. Let's just mm -hmm. like keep that going and keep that momentum flowing. Right. But mm -hmm. on my personal side, I'm very conservative for what I say, like I'm planning to bring in because I want to account for those slower months. Yeah. So you basically use your business money, treat it as if you're somebody who works on a base salary plus commission. And when you budget in your personal life, you budget based on your base salary. And then on those months where you have extra commission, you put it into the areas that you're working towards with your wife. That's correct. Okay. Yes. So, so yeah, I think that that's super important for people to know. So they're not like, whoa, like I need some stability. How does this work? Uh, you can actually get stability in both ways. Um, but again, if you are driven by hunger, go one way. If you are driven by um, just, you know, steadiness and peace of mind, go the other. So um, with all of that said, we've talked a few, a little bit about like percentages and, and how we actually, that is something that we do according, not just to the book, but also similarly to each other. So let's discuss that a little bit. One of the main things that we want to just point out, which is super, super obvious, is that you want your percentages to be 100. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, um, but that's it's kind of like the zero-based budget version for this. It doesn't mean that you're going to spend every dollar. It just means that you're going to intentionally put those dollars where you would like them to be. And so that's why if you're going to do that, you want to have all of your percentages add up to 100. So uh, in full disclosure, a lot of times Cody and I don't do a lot of prep work for this. 
But today we actually did sit down and figure out what percentages do we each do for the different categories that we're going to talk about today. And the reason we did that is because, quite frankly, we wanted to make sure they added up to 100 <laughs> before we got on here, uh, but also to do a little bit of compare and contrast for you as you're listening to what we do. So you can just be assured, yes, you don't have to do this exactly the way it shows you in the book. You can tweak it to whatever works for your business. So um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to start with my percentages. And the only reason I'm going that direction is because mine are a little bit closer to to the way that um, the author Mike Michalowicz does in his book. And so um, that way, people can see a, a small picture of what is he kind of talking about. And then we're going to go to a bigger tweak, which is what Cody has going on for himself, if that's okay. Yep. All right. So um, one of the ways that we that I set things up is we just for every dollar that comes in. Now, remember, this is going to be for anything that you get paid for your coaching. I have actually two businesses set up. So I have my personal coaching and I have um, obviously the one with new money habits. And so any money that comes in through new money habits, we actually have it structured so that it looks like my personal business is a consulting fee for that. Um, it's kind of a little bit of a tax loophole. We don't want to get into too many details about that. But I just want you to know that it doesn't just have to be the coaching dollars. If you have any sort of um, like affiliate marketing dollars that come in, anything that is business related, you're going to put as the top line as income. And then these percentages will draw from all of that from that bigger number. You do that the same, correct? Cody? Yeah. Okay, fantastic. So from there, I actually have mine set up where I do 50% is owner's pay. And again, I put it into the owner's pay bank, if you will, and then I draw what I want from that, but I don't necessarily draw all of it. So that's just, it's put aside. Um, and then the same thing is done with profit. Now, in this book, we encourage you to read it yourself because the philosophy itself is super important. But in a nutshell, it says that as human beings, we kind of use what's available to us. And we have been taught all all through our basic our livelihoods that the way you run a business is to take income minus expenses, and then the rest of it is profit. And when we do that, we oftentimes will utilize most of the money that's available to us and not give ourselves any profit, sometimes not even giving ourselves pay. So, so many of the uh, small business owners that are out there, they're working for years and years, sometimes decades, and not really bringing home anything for themselves because they don't have it structured in order to make that work. So this all, all this book does, all this concept does is flip that on its head and say, we're actually going to do profit first and paying yourself next. Uh, I actually do, I, I used to just pay myself because of my years in direct sales business, I had already had this hunch at my at my core. And so I had already been paying myself first, I had not necessarily worked profit into it first. So that was one of the nuances that happened after I read this book. Um, but yeah, you want to do some profit first. So I have 5% set up in mind for profit. And then um, I have as I'm looking at my notes here, I do, like I said, 50% owners pay. Uh, from that, for me, actually doing some sort of charitable or paying it forward is super important for me. So I know that some people will work 10% in for their from their entire top line. I actually do 10% from my owner's pay. We'll go into those first fruits. So mm -hmm. that's another, another tweak from uh, Mike's book. Uh, and then I do 15% for taxes and 30% for operating expenses. 
Now the, the operating expenses, they act very similarly to my owner's pay in the sense that I don't necessarily spend that much money every single month for operating expenses, but I transfer it to the OPEX account so that I have it available when I need it. So that's how that one works. I want to touch base real quick on the taxes because a lot of people are freaked out about taxes as makes sense because none of us wants to go to jail for any of that. Um, So some people are like, is 15% even enough? Like my tax bracket is higher than that. We want you to do whatever is going to make sure that keeps you out of jail. Okay. But the one thing that I want to point out is that 15% is actually 15% of that top income line. So it's not part of it's you're not paying 15%. You're not setting aside 15% of what you're getting paid. You're setting aside 15% of the entire dollar amount that comes in. So that equates a little bit closer to like 35% tax bracket. So Mm -hmm. uh, if that confuses you, I encourage you to kind of look that part up in the book and see what we're talking about. Um, But I just want to let you know, it actually is a little bit more conservative than it sounds when when you just hear 15%. Okay, so I'm doing all this without like looking at the book. So if I mess any of this up, Cody, definitely let me know. Um, with regard to the profit account, what Mike suggests doing, and I actually very much agree with the idea of wanting to reward yourself. Because if you are in business, it's not just about the money. You actually want to reward not just yourself, but he talks about rewarding the investors in your business. And our investors, like in my case, is not just me, but also my husband and my four children. Because there are going to be many times when I'm doing something like this and they have to leave the house. Or, you know, I have clients who are coming into the office and they're having to kind of stay away. Um, So they are actually not just investing. I'm just investing time and money, but they're also investing time. They don't usually invest money in my business, Um, but they are investing time and that's time away from mom and wife. And so uh, when we have people who are involved in our businesses, it's nice to be able to take a chunk of that profit and actually say thank you for that and let's enjoy some of that together. And so um, each quarter, you want to look at what you have in your profit account. Now, this is going to be somewhere where Cody and I differ. Um, that's why I wanted to share you with you what I do because this is a little bit more in line with what Mike McCallowitz does. Each quarter, you look at your profit account and you actually take half of that to go and enjoy and celebrate. You do not reinvest that back into your business. One of the one of the exceptions that he makes to that is that you can use some of that to help pay off some debt in your business if you have debt there. So that is something that he also suggests. Uh, But then you leave the other half there. And the reason you leave the other half there is because that starts to build like what they would call an emergency fund. It allows you to start to slowly build up that three to six months of income so that you have that for when you maybe have some slow months and you can feel a little bit more peace of mind with that. The taxes, obviously, you just pay those when you need to. So some businesses are still very small if you're starting out. Maybe you don't have to do anything with that except yearly. Uh, but some are actually making enough where they're wanting to pay their business or their taxes quarterly. So if you do that, you take the money out of that account and you pay your taxes quarterly. We suggest that you talk to a tax professional about that, not, not us. Um, but that's how you use that account. Okay, I think that I have covered all of the accounts that we talked about. The only thing that we didn't say at the beginning was that 
Mike Michalowicz actually suggests having separate business accounts for every single one of these accounts. Mm -hmm. Um, That is somewhere that I do tweak a little bit and I differ. I know, I think that you also tweak that a little bit. Um, But I just, I I would be remiss to say, I don't, I don't want to forget telling people that he does suggest that. And there's a behavioral reason for suggesting that. Um, I, I just don't because I had already else, I had already set something else in place that works really well for me that kind of does the same thing as separate account. So I didn't need to do that, but I do see what he's talking about and why. And I, I think behaviorally it makes sense to, because we spend what we have and a lot of people are just the types who will open up their phone, look to see what their balance is and go, do I have enough to buy this? You know, the software that I want to use for my business. Yes, I do. And then they buy the software and realize, Oh, darn it. I forgot to pay myself this month. And so now I don't have enough for that. So that's really the biggest reason that he keeps those separate. Mm -hmm. All right. Your turn. (laughs) Yeah. So mine is not going to be as, um, well thought out. (laughs) (laughs) Simply because, you know, it it goes hand in hand with the whole idea of like, I operate very well off of hunger, you know, Mm -hmm. so there's just not as many um, safety nets in place Mm -hmm. for me, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say. Uh, So it's it's not as involved. Um, But there's a lot of it that that there's similarities to it. So, you know, I personally have like, like Maria, you just said, um, Mike Pakalowicz, the author of Profit First, suggests that you have different accounts for all of these things. He suggests that you have an account for owner's comp, for operating expenses, for taxes, for profit, for an emergency fund, and for... Paying yourself. For paying yourself as well. Yes. So six total, right? I mm-hmm. mentioned earlier in this episode that I only have three. So it's like, okay, so what's going on here? Right. So I basically have one main account and I would call that my operating account. And that's where all of my revenue goes. And also all of my um, operating expenses come out of as well. And the reason that I have that set up that way is because personally, my operating expenses on a monthly basis are extremely low. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about 2%, sometimes even 1%. So it's like, in my opinion, it's like, it's just not enough to, you know, make the trouble of like another bank account and transferring and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's not going to kill me kind of thing. Right. Yep. So I have what I call an operating account And um, aside from that, I also have a tax account, which I also do 15% of all gross income into that that tax account. And then I have a profit account as well. And I personally do 15% into my profit account because I use my profit account slightly different. Mm -hmm. So Maria, you had said that yours was 5%, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. And mine's 15%. So mine's a little Mm -hmm. bit higher. And I'll explain why mine's a little bit higher. So the way that I personally use my profit account is I allow it to build up over that quarter, over that three months. And then once that quarter comes, just like you said, I take 50% of it, I bring it home, and I use it however myself or my family sees fit. 
Sometimes mm-hmm. it's worth for it's going towards fun things. And sometimes it's going towards a goal that we really want to achieve. Right. Mm-hmm. So either way is fine with us. Right. Um, but another way that I use this profit account is I actually use it for investing into my business as well. So while Maria's uh, operating expenses uh, percentage is like 30, you said 30 or 35 percent? 30. 30 percent and mm-hmm. minus 2 percent. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. This is where the difference is being found. Right. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I, I'm going to be investing into some PR work. Uh, to be featured on things like, um, you know, like USA Today and Forbes and stuff like that. Um, so that is going to be coming out of my profit account because it's been building up over the course of the last three, six, nine, 12 months, you mm-hmm. know, and then I'll just use that and I won't actually feel that with how I actually pay myself because it's in that profit account. So it's kind of the same thing with how she's putting 30% aside in her operating expenses. But I'm just saying, hey, I'm going to use this for my profit instead because my investments into my business, they they aren't super frequent. I would say that I probably invest like a higher dollar amount into my business maybe twice a year. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's going to be certain quarters where I just take 50% and I bring it home. And there's going to be other quarters where I invest and then I take a smaller portion home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I let the other portion kind of grow over time. So that's how I personally use the profit account is I use it for investing in the business, but then also um, uh, bringing a bonus home for stakeholders as well. Yeah. So um, I think really the biggest difference there is the place that we hold our money while waiting to make those bigger investments, because Mm -hmm. I don't spend 30% every month either. I just put it aside, right? So it sits there and waits for those bigger investments and you just let your sit in the profit account. So I love that that's the case here because people can hear and go, okay, they're doing the same thing and they're just using different accounts to keep that money in in place Mm -hmm. for themselves. And so that's just the beauty of this, you guys. You can do whatever truly makes sense for your business. Now, um, you had said the 2% OPEX 25%. um, No, I'm sorry. That would leave six. Was it 78%? What was the amount? 68%. 68. Now I'm doing that. Yeah. Profit and then like 2% for uh, expenses. Okay. So, so for putting all this together and 68% is your owner's comp. If you have a $10,000 month, you are taking 68% of that number, bringing it home. Right. Mm -hmm. Am I with you? Okay. Um, and if you have a $1,000 month, you're taking 68% of that and bringing that home. That's mm-hmm. kind of how it works for you. Okay, very good. And so there really is never, if I'm hearing this correctly, there's never any money sitting in an owner's comp anywhere. Like there's no there's no owner's comp account for Cody because you take it no. right away. Okay, yeah, perfect. That, that's my owner's comp is essentially my personal checking. Okay, got no, it. So you no. just transfer it right away and, and do it. Now, here is another... No, not uh, right away. So I want to pause you right there. Oh, perfect. There's I was just going to say, here's another thing we, I was curious about is when do you do it? Okay, go ahead. Yes. yes. So I don't just transfer money whenever Half-hazardly. I get it, kind okay. of thing, right? Okay, yeah. I let it build up. So I, I personally set myself up on receiving paychecks for myself from my business, Okay. And you can do this however you want. You can do it once a month. You can do it on the 1st and the 15th. You can do it whatever. 
I personally like the uh, every two weeks structure. Mm -hmm. So that's how I do it. Every two mm -hmm. weeks on Friday. So for example, this upcoming Friday is payday for me. So whatever's in my operating account, I'm going to look at that. And I, per I personally have like a little buffer. So for me, it's $500. So I'll, I'll look in there and I'll see all the revenue that's gone in there. I will take my percentages from that revenue, 15% of taxes, 15% into, um, into uh, profit. And then let's just say, for example, I have uh, $5,000 in that operating account left over. Right? Mm -hmm. Well, if I have a $500 buffer and that buffer is basically just there so that if I have like a subscription to Zapier or a subscription to Calendly or whatever, that it's there and it can just be taken out kind of thing. That's my buffer. So if I have $5,000 in there with a $5, with a $500 buffer, then that means that my paycheck for that period of time will be $4,500. And I will bring that home and just transfer it over. And that's okay. how I kind of pay myself while still leaving room in my operating account um, in those earlier days after I make that transfer in case something does come out to be able to, you know, be taken out with no question. And then as money generates over the next two weeks, it just mm -hmm. deposits straight into my operating account from my Stripe account. And that builds up. And then I just repeat the process again in, an, in another two weeks. Two weeks. Okay, cool. So you do the two-week method and Mike Michalowicz, he suggests the 5th and the 25th, I believe, are the two days. Um, I actually tried that for a little bit because I understand his reasoning and I really like why he suggested that, which was basically just, it had to do with, you know, you get like the way that bills typically come in. That's why you don't do it necessarily like on the first and the 15th or whatever. Uh, but at, you may or may not remember that at the top of the episode, I mentioned that I had already created a system, if you will, that really worked well. And, and actually it's based on months. <laughs> so when I tried to implement the fifth and the, or maybe it's the 10th and the 25th. That's what it is. The 10th and the 25th. Um, I tried to show, like put it on my calendar, you know, do your account, you know, books, whatever. And I had it on the 10th and the 25th. So I tried really hard to, to actually do that. But when I tried to fit that date, those dates into the framework, the monthly framework that I had already created, it just created more of a mess for me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't like that anymore. So instead of ditching everything that I had already had, I ditched the 10th and the 25th. Then I went back to, I still do it twice a month, but it's more along the lines of the 15th and the last day of the month, because there's always going to be a 15th and there's always going to be a last day of the month. And so that's what I ended up doing with that. Um, and so again, you guys, it's okay to have trial and error and you know, what, what works, what doesn't tweak it as you go along. You don't have to have this put all together in a nice little bow and in order to actually get started, which brings me to the last thing I want to make sure that I tell everybody today, and that is to just get started with something like this. Whether you need help with that or not, you can either go find the book and see how it structures itself out. Uh, I'll tell you that in terms of uh, like readability, the first three or four chapters of the book are pretty engaging. And then after that, it kind of goes into more like number based. So it kind of gets a little bit dry. Uh, so if you're looking for something fun to read, this isn't it do the first three or four chapters, and then just go find like the, um, 
the charts. I, I think it has some charts in the back that tell you what to do and how to put your money away. Uh, yeah. So that you know, gets you quickly started. So once you've done that, uh, if you still need some help, reach out to Cody and I or come into our group and say, hey, I'm trying this out. I'm looking for some information on this. What do you guys think? Because I think that's um, probably the most important thing about and this as like anything else, right? Just get started on it. And then you can tweak as you go along. Uh, Separate as, as a recap, separate that money right away. We want to do that. Find a bank account that you can open up. And if you like the idea of doing separate bank accounts, maybe open up three or four of them so that you can set this in motion right away. And then decide on the percentages that you want to put aside for yourself. Uh, maybe you reverse engineer that by saying you actually know how much money you're making and you know how much you need to make to bring home. Maybe you're in Cody's position where like you are the primary breadwinner and your business is the only breadwinning <laughs> um, thing that you have, the vehicle that you have. So maybe you reverse engineer to go, I have this, I know I need this. And that ends up being, let's say, 68% like Cody. So that you create your things that way. Maybe you're just thinking about starting a business and you don't have to worry about that income. And so maybe you want to do something a little bit more just structured like we have right here, you know, just this amount for this. And you start your percentages ahead of time. And then once you've decided, here's the trick, do it, but stick to it and do it consistently. So if you bring in, if you have a two weeks where you bring in $10, this sounds really stupid, but do it. Do 5% of the $10, 15% of the $10, you know, 50% of the $10. And maybe you're not spending it right away, but you're getting into the habit of saying this $10 is not mine to keep. It's mine to distribute to these different things. Mm -hmm. And then do it with a hundred and then do it with a thousand and then do it with 10,000. <laughs> Absolutely. Isn't it crazy how we can talk about all these things with so many different areas in our business. And it always comes down to those two words. Do it. Do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I don't want to get so sued much by Nike. Done by just <laughs> doing it. It's crazy. It's a weird concept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it it's is. It's the thing that will drive you to where you want to go. So listen yeah. to Maria. She knows what she's talking about. Just do it. If you ever, maybe, I don't know if, you know, what your age uh, range is if you're listening to this. But if you're a millennial like me, I would guarantee that you know the meme of Shia LaBeouf saying, just do it. I'm obviously older than Maria's you. Like, I don't know the meme. No <laughs> my mind like went straight to Nike because I'm older than you. And I'm like, we're going to get sued no, by them. No, Nike's <laughs> out the window. Nike's out the window. If you're a millennial, you knew exactly what I'm talking about with Shia LaBeouf saying, just do it. And if so, you're an oldie like me, you know what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> I love that we have that little bit of a gap. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just realizing how long this episode has gone, which doesn't totally shock me, but it really didn't feel like 40 minutes. So uh, I hope that those of you listening didn't totally fall asleep. I hope we, hope we kept it engaging enough for you to actually want to try this. And again, if you have questions, we are absolutely here to help you with that. So we encourage you to jump into our group. Cody, I'm going to have you tell them where to find us and then we'll close this out. You can find us on Facebook, which is New Money Habits Financial Coaches. So it's free to join. Just hop in there. 
uh, say hi, ask questions, connect with us, um, and learn. You know, there's a lot of different ways to connect. Uh, we have like a book club. We have um, uh, monthly meetups. We have uh, working sessions together. Where we're all kind of working on things. There's a lot of cool opportunities. So get plugged in and uh, we'll catch you there. All right. Sounds good, you guys. Have a great rest of your week. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.